Hi, my name's Oliver Brown, and you're joining me for a session of Two Mugs in Coffee. It's a podcast where we aim to guide you, our coffee community, for the week ahead on all things sea market, shipping, logistics, and forward planning, so that you can make better buying decisions. Or just get a feel for what makes our industry tick and have a look behind the curtain. Hi, my name's Oliver Brown. Uh, and after a two-week hiatus, it's great to be back doing another Two Mugs in Coffee. It's the 1st of December, and I'm joined again by Stephen Bannister to talk all things bulls and bears. And uh, give us a bit of an update on, on where we are. Steve, welcome. Thank you, Ollie. Good to be here. And, and definitely apologies to uh, our wider audience uh, for, for not submitting a video the last two weeks. We've been subjected yes to the uh, bulls and the bears of late and it's been a a really interesting ride I think uh, what we talked about two weeks ago into the Z expiry being squeezed well it got squeezed and uh, what, what I didn't quite anticipate was that squeeze continuing on into the next week so we've we've definitely pushed into or we pushed over the the 12 week hot 12 year high rather into uh just over 240 us cents a pound lately though uh this week we've thankfully seen a little bit of a relief coming into the end of november with the market uh hovering just under 230 cents a pound so it's been a wild couple of days, that is for sure. Do we feel, you know, because I know there has been some talk and, and I, I guess we'll go into the, the bullish versus the, 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 the bears factors, but do we think uh, there's a possibility it could get to our $3 if 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 it, it, it sort of continues on in that trajectory, even though we've dropped away? Do, you, do we anticipate it could go there? I, I think if we weigh... All, all, all of the information up, uh, and especially one of the, there's two worrying factors right now. The, the first factor is really the structure of the overall market, and and generally that structure will see cheaper prices on the nearby and mm-hmm. and more expensive prices further out as we book out the, the different cover months on on futures contracts. At the moment, we have an inverted um, backwardation, if we want to use the technical term, uh, market where almost the near term is more expensive. What does that tell us? That that sort of tells us that people are wanting coffee now, uh, wanting it shipped now and, and really potentially building inventories into the holiday period. Who, who in their right mind is buying coffee at 200 cents or 240 cents a pound? Well, well that is also, I think, the, the question or the elephant in the room because on, on an exchange basis, if we look at our commitment of traders report, and we've touched on that in the past, uh, we've seen definitely a large number of contracts being added from probably the more speculative side of the industry. So those that don't aren't necessarily viewed as a physical trader, uh, but one that is potentially an index fund or a hedge fund or uh, a large investor. 
and that that's really pushed their their limits. Uh, we've seen them move to a, a, a higher week on week higher allocation. So, and we've seen not really huge volumes traded on a daily basis through the exchange. So, is it a huge risk premium? Is it because people really need coffee? What is happening? And the other point that is known but is still playing out is really the deficit position mm. um, because of the future Brazil crop. What we're hearing potentially is that whilst we've continued to have ideal flowering conditions and, and, and rain when it's needed, that fruit set is still quite fragile. And people are starting to revise down their their future forecasts. We're, we're seeing a, a range at the moment between one and two million bags. So I think we'll see further strength to the Brazilian crop numbers with a few people doing surveys in December. But there's there's definitely chatter around that that the numbers that are out there being circulated today uh, are probably on the high-ish side compared to where people's intuition is telling them where it's going to be. And I'm going to keep talking, so (laughs) bear with me because this is a bit of a large thing to explain. And what, what happens is we've got a good amount of crop harvested this year we had a a very good season we've got coffee in the sheds what does that mean it means that we've got enough coffee to carry over into 2022 to help buffer that that lower production coming through what people are starting to be a little bit nervous on is the first half of 2023 now because we're not most of that carry coming through from this year is going to be used up. We don't have a surplus, so we're going to have a deficit. So going into the second half of the first half of 2023, rather, we're going to have probably a, a bit of a Brazil squeeze ish. And I, I would really encourage people to, to think almost that far out now on, mm. on forecasting what could happen. We're, we're not necessarily saying go lock all the levers of price today. But I think it would be important to make sure, especially those that have a a volume, a large volume requirement or a certified requirement, that you really be thinking about the possibility of how are you going to have supply that far out. Mm. Um, And I think those are the two aspects that's really giving price or, or the risk premium to the market o- over the last month. Um, we definitely saw probably 30 cents from the beginning of November to the end of November where we, and we saw it go all the way up to 240. So a 40 cent range in the month has been uh, a big month. And, and, and sort of dialing in on the, 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 the certificate, certified stocks we're also seeing a, a drop in volume as well um in in some of those the 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 the, the warehouses the axes i think it was what you know we're, we're showing 1.6 million you know today or or you know in, in december and that's that's a drop away um you know yeah a significant drop as well is yeah, that I... hinting that that you know 
more- I, I think again, let, let's let's clarify two points when we talk about certified stocks and certification. They're, they're two yeah. different things. So certified stocks are being the stock that is held by the exchanges, either the ICE exchange or or the the Arabica contract or the Robusta contract. And all of that coffee is either in Europe or in America. What we're seeing because of the uh, complete challenge of moving coffee around the world at the moment is that people are reliant on drawing down coffee from the exchange to get the price they need, especially if they've had long futures, they're willing to cash those futures in. Uh, and get the physical supply from the exchange. It's always got to be remembered though that this, that there is a bit of a risk element to drawing from the exchange. And that is you don't actually get to choose the coffee that is allocated to you. So you may hope that you get Brazil, but you may get Uganda or you may get Honduras as well. And you're not necessarily going to get the a choice on how old that lot is either. So that there is an uncertain aspect depending on the roaster and how you will use it about receiving coffee from the exchange. Um, from our perspective in Australia, no exchange, no opportunity to uh, work like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, I think it is a very important factor on what is driving that market. And if we're definitely seeing a lower on lower uh, certified stock number related to stocks held by the exchange, then that definitely prevents the market from really falling because we're having a tighter supply situation. And, and of course, you know, adding to that, logistics are getting no better. You know, we're still seeing those challenges um, which is sort of adding adding oil to the fire. We've definitely seen prices come off in the magnitude of, a, a, let's say, 10 to 20% in ocean freight, but there's still magnitudes of multiples above uh, what we were paying back in 2019 as well. And... The first, the first key horizon is really the lunar new year, uh, where until then we don't think of anything. Um, again, referencing better minds than my own, normality is probably closer to 2023 than 2022. And we've got to also reference, I guess, why, why? Because we've had lower populations coming back because of lockdowns and situations related to COVID. And now we also have a new variant on the scene, unfortunately. Mm. And I think that will again slow, continue to slow or or meander the pace of of getting back to a a full capacity situation. Mm. So, yeah, I, I think that that aspect of plan ahead and plan as far ahead as you can, maybe not to lock the price, but making sure that you know where your coffee is coming from, I think is a, is a very important question to ask uh, as we go into the end of this year and, and start next year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
the other uh, uh, issue I want to pick apart a bit, and we've been seeing or well, hearing a little bit about it in Brazil, is the idea of the setting, the flower setting, um, you know, which, which is, you know, when the farmers get that crucial rain period after the flowers have come through and then good rains so that those then develop into full flowers. Uh, I understand that that's not necessarily been happening. They're not getting that rain to allow that, those, if they call them the, the spikes, I believe it is, to, to be set. Is, is that, is, is that impacting, uh, 2022, 20, 23? Is that impacting 23 onwards? Uh, I mean, it's more, so the flowerings that have happened this year are the fruit for next year. And, and now it's all about ensuring that that flowering or that set can hold, can mature into a green cherry and, and then go to maturation and be picked later on. So we've still got a way to go. Uh, I, I always think there's a bit of, uh, positives and negatives come out depending on farmers and, and who you talk to. Mm. Overall though, it's important to, to reference climate as well mm. uh, here in lovely Australia where we don't have much of a coffee crop we are going into La Nina so we're going to have a lot more rain and it's going to be very wet and we're seeing similar situations in Colombia where they're also probably in a La Nina position mm. interestingly with Brazil being a slightly geograph geographically lower um, they're still, the models aren't predicting as much of a drenching in Brazil. Uh, the crops that we're seeing are potentially more impacted as soy and wheat in Brazil than coffee. Mm -hmm. So it, it's still a waiting game. I think conditions have been good. The Arabica plant in general likes to be stressed. So it will actually result in hopefully more, uh, fruit set after the flowering, but it's a wait and see. There's still a number of months to go uh, before we really get to know what's going to happen. And I think because of that uncertainty, we're seeing that potential retracement in the overall crop prediction for uh, 2022. We're down maybe one, maybe two million bags where we've had an optimum, a great flowering. We've had fairly good conditions moving forward. But again, is that going to be enough? And I think that that optimism is, is maybe coming out a tiny little bit. So, so yeah. If we look further ahead, though, if we look at the, the cycle and the weather maps into 2023, we look to really maybe having an on-off cycle again in Brazil where the 2023 predictions are, again, for a very strong similar to this year, sort of 70 million bag crop, just remembering that that includes both Arabica and Robusta. Yeah, yeah. And again, I think another another one of those, those big factors that's not helping the whole situation is Ethiopia. Um, you know, we're adding into all the difficulties with, with Brazil, you know, Colombia. Now Ethiopia is facing or in civil war. Um, you know, we're getting mixed messaging from, 
producers as to whether or not the, the crop is is uh, positive or whether it's not looking so good. Um, and, and it's very difficult to, to get any information out from Ethiopia at the moment as to whether or not we should be continuing as usual or, or um, you know, or not. And I think that's also uh, impacting you know what what the market's thinking do do you feel Ethiopia on Ethiopia on its own is enough of a uh um uh driver to yeah to to drive it up uh, i think on its own totally it's it's a small factor but that there's many different drivers that are happening within the macro economy or, or the macro position of coffee at the moment. I think what's important is the crop is there in Ethiopia. Uh, and na- now it's the challenge of ensuring that can it be harvested and dried and, mm. and exported. So it's not so much right now a, a production problem. It's a logistics, uh, processing, Mature, uh, picking packing problem in a yeah. way and yeah. what will that do will we see a larger offerings of grade five potentially because everything will just get strip picked and there's there's limited um, from what we're hearing that there's a lot limited uh cash in the market so mm-hmm. exchanging your cherries or buying cherries uh for the middlemen and the processors have been very difficult because that exchange is not quite happening as it would regularly so in times like this we may see instead of selective picking we may see more strip picking and, and other things but i think in general, the qualities will be there. Uh, and I think we're, we're going to probably have a good indication now that harvest is definitely underway, uh, of, of what's possible probably by mid to end of this month. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we hope for everybody in Addis and, and greater Ethiopia that the the conflict can come to an early resolution as fast as possible if that happens it's it's probably great for for the coffee industry and they can take advantage of these good prices Mm. Uh, but if it doesn't we we will see a very fragmented situation of of getting coffee out and we've got to remember that the, the coffee is processed picked in one place processed in another exported in another so where you've got coffee traveling across vast distances in an unstable environment, that, that also can put a risk premium on, on that coffee as well. So th- there's many things and, and you and I, we're, we're talking to Ethiopia every week at the moment to, to try and understand these challenges and, and fairly value them and, and make sure we can uh, support those amazing producers and partners that we've been working with over the last uh, number of years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I think from from my perspective, is get in there as soon as possible. You know, uh, uh, prepare your numbers, be aware of what your what your usage is going to be, so so that we can get things moving. Um, yeah, and I'm I am like you, hoping that things settle down a bit because 
you know, Ethiopia only have one access to to a port in Djibouti, and and that's directly through the the you know the the town of Desi, which is currently being held by the the rebel forces. So you know, it, it, it's going to be very very challenging if if something doesn't come to a head and and, and we don't have a a, a resolution. So, yeah, definitely. I, I I think just on that, I don't, it's it's probably important for people and whether they've got it or not to think about their their probably Q1 and Q2 requirements mm-hmm. because as we're we're looking to uh, yeah get coffee out as fast as possible, that may or may not be achievable, and I think people should just review the copies or the opportunities of substitutes that are available um, through Q1, especially if they've got uh, procurement to do in that sort of uh, Ethiopian bracket, let's say. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so, I mean, that that's sort of the, the, the major uh, bullish factors. What What is, you know... What what are what are the bearish factors? What what are things that we might uh, see that will slow things down? What could possibly put a break on this charge to three dollars, Steve? Um, I I would have thought the 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 coming of of, of Omnicrom as as it as it's called that is the coolest name by the way uh, I love that but I, I would have thought the the coming of Omnicrom would have spelt uh, the opposite. I thought it would have encouraged prices, you know. Theoretically, but of course, if countries go back into lockdown, then consumption will reduce, and that therefore could put a break on um, the, the price. Yeah, I, I think the biggest the biggest macro thing right now is Omicron, however we pronounce this. So <laughs> I'm sure I'll get it right in a couple of weeks. Um, well, this new variant that has emerged, yeah. and it, it's going to be interesting how governments now react to this. We've seen probably uh, some interesting lockdowns and, and travel bans already in Europe. Uh, unfortunately, Australia has been one of the early uh, recipients of um, the the domestic travel as we've just opened up in November. Uh, and lo and behold, unfortunately, we've uh, had six cases of the new variant already. Similarly, it's it's in Brazil, it's in Japan, so it, it's already travelled a little bit, which is which is quite scary, and it's believed to be more contagious than Delta. Looking at the earlier modelling, so I, d- I don't think governments necessarily want to lock down. I don't think that's part of forward strategy, but it's definitely uh, an option in their sort of COVID combatants toolbox that they, they could use. Yeah. That's probably the main driver is that uncertainty. And if we see a big sort of risk off position where what is, what, what is the, I guess, when we touched before, the speculative money doing, if they've already made some profit by pushing the market up in November? Will they take that profit off the table and check out for the rest of the year or, or will they hold their positions and wait? Yeah. 
we are seeing a little bit of a rebalancing from the index fund point of view, which will probably mean a bit of selling of coffee um, because they weight not only on a size, but a dollar value. So holding the same amount of contracts as they did last year is now a lot more in dollar terms. So, so they're yeah. reweighing a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think there's, there's too many, uh, bearish factors right now. Yeah. Or factors that will drive the market lower. I think that the key is really the risk off position and, and probably the macro inflation talk where coffee's gone up, everything seems to be going up. And, and how are our businesses going to survive? Is that going to be a stagnation point where all costs go up? So then unfortunately consumption lowers. Could that happen? Potentially. It, coffee though has proven for a very long time to, to be a constant in people's daily routines. And I think we're also in a great position because people have actually invested into their own equipment at home due to COVID. So people are more inclined to continue to consume coffee just from an at-home perspective yeah. than maybe a uh, coffee shop perspective. And, and that also has two streams. If we're doing roast and ground at home, that's presumably good for consumption because the uh, at-home barista, no offense, I am one myself to, to those listeners, <laughs> uh, we're probably putting in 20, 20 plus gram baskets. We're, we're putting in a, a good healthy dose of coffee into every shot we give ourselves in the morning. But the reciprocal is if people are using pods, where pods you're probably getting five to eight grams per shot. So you're actually using coffee very efficiently. So those two balancing out, I feel the the larger side of, of coffee is still going to be consumed. It's just at at what pace per cup. Yeah. Um that that we really need to consider. Um and we've also got to think about what what is the future of work because I think the future of work is going to be a bit more of a hybrid situation than we've seen in the past where we're going to have probably midweek a lot more city volume uh, in those cafes where people are, are based in the city and going to work but it seems to be the norm here a little bit where there's there's flexibility on the Mondays and the Fridays where people work from home. So I think we're going to see this constant evolution of what is the new norm. Mm -hmm. um, I did have a uh, quick trip to Melbourne last week, so shout out to all our friends and customers and everything else in Melbourne to enjoy the lovely coffee down there. And that, that was definitely saying the city environment is picking up uh, as people go back. And I think we'll see a larger pickup come back into February yeah. uh, as long as uh, this new variant can be controlled in mm. some way, shape or form. So if we think that all of these things are 
pointing towards a rising market with with advice to those that still need to cover that still need to buy where are our sort of where do we feel our levels of, of support are um and and like when should we be be buying if we get the chance if the market comes down a little bit like where do you feel those levels are you know within the sea market and, and what should should our customers be be looking to do and obviously taking um uh you know taking risk off the table is key um sure. what could advice can you can you give uh, for our list yeah it's definitely not financial advice no. uh, i guess my uh, my own and um in, internal opinions of, of where we're modeling but if we looked at the the 240 market which we started out and the week at um we saw clear support at 233 and 226 uh we sort of touched on 226 last night um and and we're almost sitting there a couple of cents above that on the on the close of last night's session so the question right now for us is is 226 or 225 220 going to hold or are we going to continue to retrace lower that that's that's the conversation that that we're going to be proven um tomorrow I think from a macro supply point of view and a, a coffee structure point of view, I still remain probably, I think we're going to see prices continue to the upside a little bit. If we look at the, the bullish channels that I've created on my uh, charting software, then we're, we're, we haven't retraced through the bottom of those channels by any means. Yeah. And I, I think that's important. We yeah. we did probably blow the top off them uh, when we hit 240, but we're, we're now sort of in the channel again. Yeah. And I think we're, we're going to probably see need a retracement of, again, another 20 cents more. Uh, and it's difficult. I think people keep resetting the bar. So oh, I missed this price or I'll be 10 cents lower. So I think... There's a lot of buying support. It has been in Asia at 230. Um, there's probably more at 220 today as, as people sort yeah. of continue to take the price. Um, because it's the, the worst case scenario is it's, uh, 10, 20, 30 cents higher in the end of the year. Mm-hmm. I, I would definitely encourage people just to have open, honest conversations and, and work out models where if they've got ability to be flexible on, on moving the levers of fixing price, uh, do that. Um, and, and that's really about sitting down and talking to people and understanding how, how to price, uh, depending on when people need coffee, of course. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's always that, that risk pricing conversation is always a something that I'd, I'd encourage people to be open and honest about. Um, I think many people continue to, to be anchored to, to prices of the past and, and the market's going to continue to, to hurt people if, if they don't make decisions. Now those decisions are outside our models and our budgets and everything else. But we we have to, in a way, close our eyes to continue to supply our businesses um, if that's what we need to do and, and look for 
opportunities into next year per se to um to get that value back yeah absolutely thank you very much for that steve really appreciate it and uh, that's about that's about time uh today for our two mug session so really appreciate the deep dive and looking at some of those you know bullish versus bearish factors really appreciate uh having you with me and sharing this with all of our listeners um thank you so much thanks ollie appreciate it i'm gonna go for a ride on the uh ferris wheel now and i'll uh see you all shortly thank you steve thanks everyone bye